Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. So awesome to be here this evening with you all. Okay, for those of you here for the first time, I say welcome. I love seeing new faces, and we love new faces. So we really just want to say, we really hope you'll be here next week, Saturday, a Sunday again. We should do a Saturday service as well. <laughs> All right, so we, um, start, we've just started a great series called the Great Faith Series. We're looking at the lives of some of great men and women, and last week we looked at Enoch the life of Enoch, and we asked ourselves, it was quite a powerful preaching from our discipleship director, Philip, here, where he asked us, are we, how, what are we doing in our mundane routine of life? Are we still having great faith? Yeah, that was a really, it stuck with me for the week, that in my simple things, do I still have great faith? But tonight, um, we're going to start with Noah, and we're going to have a video clip go up as I start with the great faith of Noah. When I heard talk of miracles, I dismissed them. But then I saw the birds with my own eyes, and I had to come. There isn't anything for you here. No. This all belongs to me. This land, this forest, that stronghold of yours. Did you really think you could protect yourself from me in that? It's not protection from you. Then what is it? An ark to hold the innocent when the Creator sends his deluge to wipe out the wicked from this world. Return to your cities of Cain. No, we have all been judged. I have men at my back, and you stand alone and defy me. I'm not alone. So I love the way he says, I am not alone. That is a man, this is the man that knew he was not alone. He knew that he had the most powerful forces surrounding him, and yet he was alone in the midst of this with a thousand, I, I don't know, a huge community of people that didn't believe, that were living an ungodly life, that were wicked, that were violent. Those men came to question Noah. I mean, this is just the movie on, based on Noah, the Hollywood movie. It's not accurate. So I just want to put that clause in there. Um, but I love the way they depict this part where Noah says, I'm not alone. So tonight, as we just go to the next slide, we'll see that in the scriptures it says, there was an increasing corruption on earth. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. It was not small, it was great, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So can you imagine a group of people that continuously in their hearts brood evil? 
there was no intention of doing anything good. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him to see his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I've created from the, on the, from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens. For I am sorry that I have made them. And you must remember God made Adam and Eve in his image. We are in his image. But this is a group of people that started involving themselves with demonic forces. And they no longer were part. They were no longer just man. They were also now infiltrating and the scripture before says they were sleeping with demonic angels. So this meant these people no longer had the DNA that God had created. And so he, he, he just knew this is it. I have to wipe out this so that the seed that I created can come through one person that still had it. And that was Noah. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Okay. So the question we have to ask ourselves tonight is where is my faith when the world mocks God and the flood waters rise in my life? When the pressures of life want to test my relationship with a living God, what kind of faith gets squeezed out of me? Is it a great faith or am I tossed to and fro by the winds and storms of life and I have nothing that I stand on? I just go with the flow of life. Is that what my life has come to? And tonight, I want us to, rem to think about this as we listen, who Noah was and what he did in a time where people mocked him where the pressure was high, we had to stand up and say, I will believe in God, even though you do no longer. It's, we're going to read Hebrews 11 verse 7, and I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. Okay. Faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God about what was coming, even things that had never been seen. But he stepped out in reverent obedience to God and built an ark that would save him and his family. By his faith, the world was condemned, but Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes by believing. So the first thing we see there is that faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings. The writer of Hebrews defines faith as a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith in the context is a settled confidence of something yet unseen but promised by God. 
As we heard last week, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So we can see Noah walked with God. He, he was the only one who pleased God. Genesis 6 verse 9 says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. So what does it mean to walk with God? It means that we're in direct relationship with him. We have an intimacy with him. Faith requires us to believe that he exists. Does that mean we've seen God? No. Not all of us have seen him physically face to face. But there's a knowing inside our heart. And God comes to all of us at some points in our lives. And I always say, because I'm a children's pastor, he starts when you are young. He shows himself. There, I ask every volunteer that comes to children's ministry, when in your childhood did God speak to you? And they will give you a vivid memory of, I know that was God then. I might not have known him intimately yet, but I knew that was God speaking to me. Well, we can see in scripture that Noah lived an ordinary life with his family, and he walked with God, and because he did the everyday thing, just walking with God, waking up in the morning, talking to God, making decisions with God, um, knowing what is right and what is wrong, and always choosing to do what God says, we know that that is why he found favor with God, because he walked intimately with God. So I just, I want to say that in the life that we are living in today, this is the very thing that sets us apart. It's the very thing that where people will ask, how did you know? How do you know what to do in this situation? Or they will know there's just something about brother so-and-so. That guy over there at my workplace always just seems to have the wisdom that I just don't know about. Or they just know um, things that I don't know about. I just want to share about in my own life. Um, I have a daughter over here. Her name is Alexis. <laughs> she, she has seen me wake up many mornings where I come and I say, Alexis, God woke me up at 3 a.m. This is one particular story I'm going to share. And I say, there's something that's not right. There's something that's happening and it will be a friend of hers, and this particular story is a, was a friend of hers at the time, and God said, there's something not right with your friend, with Alexis' friend. And I went to Alexis, and I said, Alexis, God is telling me something's not right. And she was like, I don't know anything. That at lunchtime when I picked her up, she came to me and she said, Caroline, you will not believe. On the playground, on the ground when afterwards, a whole bunch of people were talking about my friend. And I didn't know what was going, she didn't know what was going on, 
but it's because of my, my relationship with the Lord. And very often she also experiences where I'll say, I know this is going to happen, Alexis. And then she'll be like, how do you know? And I said, because I have the Holy Spirit. And in those days, the Holy Spirit wasn't walking with them necessarily like we do. We have so much more than what Noah had. But he heard God. He discerned God. And so my, my, my cry out for this, for this evening for you is, are you discerning the voice of the Lord in everything, in every situation pertaining life? Because he will give you all the answers. And not only that, when you have the answers, people around you will want to know who is the God that you serve. And that's why God is so intimate and friendly with us. And wants to share with us. He wants to be close to us. Okay. Point number two. By faith, he built an ark. He stepped out in reverent obedience to God and built an ark. Genesis 6 verse 22 says, Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. I thought about this and I thought in the generation that we live in today, I don't think we're as quick to listen as we might want to think we are. I think we're a generation that's very much of a suggestion. I suggest, no, I don't feel, or I don't want, or no, not now. I hear that often, or I'll need to pray about that a little bit longer. Like Noah didn't do that. He didn't say, no, Lord, I'll just have to think about this a little bit longer. Um, I'll have to pray about it, and then we'll see if I'll build that ark. Noah was, I will listen to you. I will listen to you because you are the God that created me. You're the God who told me this is, this is happening. You are, I've, I see how nobody is following you. I'm going to obey you. I'm not going to question who you are. He obeyed because obedience for him was a, a trust. He trusted God. And I think in our generation, we've got trust we, we issues. <laughs> we we struggle to obey God because we don't trust His nature, or we we trust the false, the lies of the enemy more than we trust Him and what He says He is. And the world will tell us a lot of things. The world will tell us. Don't go to church. Don't go and meet believers. They're not cool. They're not, they don't know what they're talking about. Or put that picture on Instagram because you're going to get 1,000 likes for that, for that picture. But it's not the best picture of who you are. And it's not a true representation of how God created you. Yeah? The pressures that young people face are like, rather go to, th go to that party where you know things are not going to go down very well, you know? 
or um, I can't think of another thing right now, but there is an inner voice inside of you that will say, don't do that. And that's God speaking to you. He's speaking to you. So the, the evidence of Noah's faith is seen in his trust in God, believing in his word, and acting in obedience to God's command to build the ark. Obedience is action. If Jesus says something, and he says do it, like he said to the guy who, who couldn't walk, and he said get up, take your mat and walk. He, that man had to get up and take his mat and walk. He couldn't. If he started negotiating, he wasn't going to get his healing. So we need to be a people that stop negotiating with God and start doing what he says and what he asks us to do. We should just say, yes, Lord, I'm doing that. Yes, Lord, I'm going here. Yes, Lord, I will make disciples. Your word says I must make disciples. That's, that's how, um, how quick we must be in our response to obedience because there's no one that we really can trust other than God. Really, at the core of it all, there is no one else we can truly trust. I just want to share that Jesus doesn't care what circumstances you're in for him to reveal himself to you. Okay? So I'm, I'm going to give an example of my own life where my, my sister, I didn't know the Lord at the time, and my sister passed away. This was a really tough time for me because I couldn't even turn to my parents. My mom was devastated. My dad didn't really understand. And my friends could not relate. I, couldn't, I, didn't, I didn't expect them to be able to relate. And I, I, I turned, I sat at her funeral and I looked at the the pastor was doing the ceremony. And I thought to myself, if there's really a God, he has to sh show me that he's real. I need to know because I've just experienced death. So this is a circumstance that is not favorable. But in this, I found God five months later. I came to his people in academia every afternoon, and I sat there. And that's when it was final for me, where God just said, I am real. And he met me again. And that's how I started my journey at Every Nation, fully out, fully sold out. Because the day I put up my hand, I knew this is it. There's no turning back. And what I'm really trying to say with this is that sometimes we want favorable conditions when it comes to obedience, but there is no, there's no such thing. So when I share that story, like I shared that story of me coming to a Christ with, that my sister's death propelled me even further to know if God is true or not and that it was final after that, that I knew that I knew God is real. I have people tell me, but why would you believe in a God when he took your sister away? But that's a, that's a false thinking because God is not a God that does things like that. It's, we're all going to face death, each one of us. 
But again, know that obedience is not about our circumstances. It's about, it's about what he's doing and why he's doing what he's doing. And it's the same for, for, for Noah. His circumstances weren't very favorable. He, had, he only had his family and nobody else. I mean, if you've got, if you've got challenges of, I need my friends to like me, or I, or I need this person to like me, or the pastor must like me, or that teacher must like me, then you wouldn't have passed the test in Noah's time. Because nobody liked Noah. He was just the guy who, the oddball out. Um, yeah, and I think one thing I also want to share is that Man, we are more afraid of man than we are afraid of God. And when we when he say reverent obedience, he was rev, he was he was in fear and awe of God. He didn't he 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 didn't care what other people thought of him. You know. And this evening, you need to ask yourself that question: Am I really in a place in my in myself that I don't care what other people think of me? Because I know God. I know God. And when all those pressures come my way, I can say, but I know God. And I will not stop knowing Him. The third point is that we see by faith, um, Noah, he saved his family. The scripture says, save him and his family. We know that in we know that Noah was a man that preached the word. He was a righteous man. In 2 Peter 2 verse 5 it says, "If he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness," which means he basically preached the word with seven others who was his family. So he preached the word to his family, and when he when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. So I'd like to believe Noah's family actually got saved because he preached the word. And they just stuck by Noah. I don't know if they really understood who God was really. But they just said, my father in the house is, you know, he says, we stick, we stick. And um, later on in in Peter, early on in Peter 3, verse 20, it says, Because they formerly did not obey when God's patience waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through waters. So we see the interesting thing about the story of Noah is that for 120 years, he was building the ark. He built the ark for 120 years. When I think of a project, I think three months, one year. How long did it take you to build your house, Chris? Eight months. Eight months. Okay. So 120 years later, <laughs> there is Noah and his family building an ark. And in those 120 years, they continued to serve God faithfully. They continued to believe his word. And then 
I think God was still, I think maybe some people could have come along in those 120 years, but nobody did. It was just eight people. That's like about here, eight people went into the ark. That's, so the question is how, how do your personal decisions affect your family? We only, we only um, can change our family, us who are saved, by the way we live and the way we speak to one another and the way we represent God in how we do what we do. We can never preach, though. We can just, we can't demand. They're going to reject us most of the time. But we can represent Christ in every situation because he's in us. And the fourth one is, by faith he inherited the righteousness that comes from faith. Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes by believing. We can't receive righteousness without believing that God exists. We can't, the last, the, the thing that earned Noah the, the, the righteousness, that he inherited that, was that he simply believed God. He did, he did work, he built the, the ark, but that didn't get him the badge of righteousness. It's just because he believed God. God declared him righteous, not righteous by his works. Although his works, following upon his faith, proved him to be righteous, but, but righteousness by his faith. He believed God and found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He received the righteousness which God gives through Jesus Christ to all who believe. In Romans 1, verse 16 to 17, it says, I refuse to be ashamed of sharing the wonderful message of God's liberating power unleashed in us through Christ. For I am thrilled to preach that everyone who believes is saved, the Jew first and then the people everywhere. This gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness, a perfect righteousness given to us when we believe. And it moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. This is what the scripture means when it says we are right with God through life-giving faith. So where it says there, a perfect righteousness given to us when we believe, it moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. So Noah had received life through faith because he, he obeyed God. He entered into, he built the ark. He went into the ark, which is a representation of Jesus. And he, was, he received the power of living by faith. And all of us, this is all of us, 
receive this when we believe in Jesus Christ. So Jesus also saw the days of Noah characterized. This is what Jesus said. This is the New Testament, and this is what Jesus says about Noah and about himself. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. So the reality is that what we all face here today is that we all have, it, have to make a decision. Because when 120 years went by, where Noah was building an ark, preaching the word of God to his family, everybody knew Noah was a righteous man or a man who loved God. I can't imagine that they didn't know that. They probably scoffed him and thought very little of him and thought, oh, what a backward man that is. And Jesus says, that's exactly what's going to happen when I come back. All those people were feasting, doing life, pretending there is no God, and then the floods came, and Noah was in his boat, and he was safe. So the question tonight for us here is, how safe are you? Where are you in your relationship with the Lord? And not only yourself, but where is your family in the context of what Jesus is saying? They were unaware, and so it will be when Jesus comes. We will be unaware. There will be no, there will be signs telling us these are the times. We will see an increase of violence. We will see the increase of corruption, and we are seeing it. We are seeing it in our workplaces. We are seeing it in our schools. We are seeing it in our lives. We see it everywhere. So the urgency is, are we going out and sharing with others who God is and why Jesus has come to set us free? Because God is a patient God. He's going to give each and every person we know that does not know him a chance. He wants to meet every single person. And so he's asking us, will we go with him? Will we co-labor with him and go and share the, share the truth of who Jesus Christ is? Um, so let us um, be encouraged and a warning to us that we should not be found busy with other things while the King of Kings wants to prepare us and use us as an instrument to help save 
many others before his return. Let us have an urgency in our hearts. And if, if in our hearts we are not finding that we are connected to, that we're not intimately connected to God or Jesus, may we find it in our hearts that in 2019, we will grow in our relationship with God. And that we will do the things he commands us to do. And that we will trust in him that our families will be saved. So that, we can, so that he can look at us and say, well, well done, my faithful servant. Well done. So if we just can close our eyes. And where you are right now. Forget everything that has been troubling you or every thing that wants to say God is not there for you or God is not with you or I don't know who God is or am I really a child of God or I don't really, I just, I don't really know who God is. God wants to take your hand and lead you into into the ark. God wants to take you to his son, Jesus. And Father, where we, where we haven't made you our first and only, Father, we, we, this evening, we, we just say, Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us where we've made other things more important than what you say is important. May we find it in our hearts this evening to, to repent of things that are not of God. And if there's anybody here who wants to give their life to Jesus, you can just put up your hands. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you this evening that we get to, that we know you and that we get to walk an intimate walk with you. Father, I thank you just as Noah that we are people that want to know you intimately as we stand up, as we go, as we walk, as we talk, as we be. Father, I thank you that we have the privilege to know you in such an intimate way. Father, I thank you that we operate from a place of, of complete awareness and wonder of who you are. Give us a revival in this area if we've lost it, Father. Give us a revival in this area, Lord, and make us more aware that you are a, a God that will judge, 
that you're a God that has come because you, you cannot allow sin to rule us. Thank you, Father, that you, that you are never too far, that you're always reaching out to us. And Lord, I thank you for families here that are being saved. Father, we give you all the honor and praise for everything you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.